Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Don't be limited by what people tell you that you can and can't do. Mm. And that even includes like family members, right? Because they don't see you outside of the environment, outside of being their daughter or a relative or whatever that may be. You know yourself. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Anna, and I help established not-for-profits and service businesses on a mission to really leverage social media technology to connect with their community, share the message, build more donations and greater impact. One of the common advices and actually one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give to pretty much anyone is to never trust templated solutions, cookie cutters, quick fixes, or even guarantees. Good social media is a very powerful tool, but it isn't a solution for everyone and everything. Social media is a slow burn and can really support your mission. But you have to base your strategy, your strategy, on the data you have. Be sure to conduct a social media audit before implementing any social media strategies and never rely on someone else's. You are very welcome to connect with me on Instagram at Anna Kochetkova or same name on Facebook. I would love to learn a little bit more about you as well. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. So I did this random class on the internet for 20 bucks, 20 bucks for the week. It was a TikTok challenge, right? Everybody's talking about TikTok. And the thing was worth thousands. I was describing it to a friend of mine and I described it as the best sincere growth hacking meets college party meets meaningful business community. After the week, it felt like I had met all of these people in person. And my friend who works in offline events was like, wow, I I hope that I could create a virtual experience like that one day. It's run by this guy named Michael Sanchez. So much heart. Okay, let me just describe it to you guys. The class started every day at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I think it was planned to go maybe 5 to 6 or something every day. 
But it started to go from five to nine. Okay, fine, whatever. Or five to eight, you know, whatever. But some of the days, the instructors and the guy who put it together, Michael Sanchez, would just go over. He even had this person working with him, just a volunteer in the community, Bree, who was amazing. And now I understand why. He'd probably added so much value to Bree's life that she's like, I want to be a part of whatever world that you're creating. And this guy is just like an over-delivery on value. It was crazy. So, okay. So this one day we went from 5 o'clock and the whole group, you know, on a Zoom chatted about everything. But, I mean, the focus is like TikTok growth and how to create a meaningful TikTok and how do you utilize TikTok for business. But in really cool, awesome, non-gross ways till 1.30 in the morning, like 1.30 in the morning. Like, who does that? And he didn't even, like, say that he would leave. Somebody in the group was like, we should let Michael go. <laughs> you know, it's 1.30. It was crazy. And I learned so much. I learned so much about how to think about TikTok, about how to, like, put it together in a meaningful way to me, how to make it valuable content that people want to see, how to utilize TikTok to, like, compliment my other social channels and to add value to my business as a whole. Like he really broke down TikTok from a granular level that was super digestible and really meaningful to add more value into the world rather than just like create another random video. It was cool. I highly recommend it to, I mean, this group is crazy. He has three groups. He has um like the main group that I found him through. I don't even know how I got on it. I think it's because one of my friends is in TikTok and, you know, so he has one main group that has like over 8,000 people. That's the one that you could find online. And I think it's called TikTok Marketing uh, secrets or something. I know it sounds cheesy, but TikTok marketing secrets, influencers, it's just look for a guy named Michael Sanchez. That's who it's run by. And then in that, we're in a private group called the TikTok challenge. And that's what I paid the 20 bucks for. And then he has this mastermind too that people pay. And he wasn't even trying to sell us at all. I'm talking about it at all. People would be like, let me know about the mastermind. Let me know about the mastermind. He's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you on that. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> the whole, like the whole, every single day, people would be like, I want to know about your mastermind. And he didn't tell anybody about the mastermind. He legit did not upsell or try to do any, it was, I don't, I just think he's like a super, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I think he's just a super nice dude. I mean, I'm a super nice person. So there's got to be more people like me that exist. So I think he's just like that. I don't know. But if you're wanting to learn about TikTok, that's the jam. (laughs) Like find this rando Facebook group, TikTok Marketing Secrets, run by Michael Sanchez. And let me know what you think. Say hi to me in there. Tag me in in a post. Like say, hey, Spring, I'm here. It's crazy. It's so cool. So I hope that helps with whatever you're trying to do online. And enjoy the episode. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. We are over a hundred country songs. So excited to be here in Toronto, Canada with Nano Pay. And we have our next women in tech. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time to be on the podcast. Go ahead, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I 
work at NanoPay, so I manage liquidity solutions here. And um, what we're building is a real-time liquidity management solution for banks, uh, and they would resell it back to the corporates as a white-label solution. And when in the world did you get started on this career trajectory? Like, when was that first glimpse of, I love technology, or I love fintech? <laughs> uh, probably 18, 19 years ago. Oh, actually. wow. So, what happened? Um, so I started off, at, while I was in school, I went to um, a software payments company in Canada called Monero Solutions. So they are merchant acquirer. They do software payments. And I started off my journey there actually in the contact center doing tech support. Can you believe that? Yeah, <laughs> but that's good. And you kind of had to teach yourself even, I mean, who guided you? Who mentored you then? Um, so it, it was interesting. Literally, it was, I started off working when I was 18 in retail, right? You're in retail. And yeah. I met somebody and we had a conversation. Like, you know what? They're hiring another company to come for an interview. Literally, <laughs> I went in for an interview and I ended up in software payments. Like when you're in school, you don't think about, well, one day I'm going to work in the software payments industry and, you know, uh, be in tech support when I'm 18. But that's what ended up happening. I think I started my journey there, um, not in realizing that I actually love tech and then yeah. being in it and uh, being in that company for 10 years, actually. Wait, what? Yes. So uh, you've totally, wait, <laughs> you grew with the company. I grew with the company. I'm surprised you left the company. Yeah. So I think to me, looking back 10 years afterwards, uh, looking back 10 years is a long time to spend somewhere, right? Yeah. So I wanted to kind of get exposure in a different area. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably a parenting thing, you know, always wanting to work at the banks. So I kind yeah. of gave it a shot and I ended up from moving from a software payments company into um, Citibank. Did you say a parenting thing? Like, like your Asian, parents, Asian, okay. Asian parents. This is probably a little okay. bit cliche, but like, oh, you know, banks, they kind of mold that into you. Right. And you think you, you think you want to work yeah. for banks. And because your relatives or family members that have been in banking before, they're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're a banker. You got to you got to try the banking industry. I don't know why you're still doing software payments, but uh, I wanted to give it a try. Yeah. So I switched over, um, started doing treasury, which, which is a mixture of both. Right. It's right. banking. Plus it is still payments. Right. Um, and at the time, I thought it was uh, very very similar. Yeah. And it was, but it's also extremely different. Yeah. Um, so getting in treasury there, I stayed there in a, for about seven years. Yeah. Um, doing treasury and then started my journey here, which is a combination of both. Yeah. So I found it very interesting because it's, it's a, literally a, a combination of both worlds. So this is a software payments company. Yeah. And my product is, is a treasury product. How did you find this opportunity at NanoPay? And how long ago was it? So I actually wasn't looking at the time. Okay. So I was a city bank. I was happy there. Mm-hmm. You um, keep leaving roles that you're happy with. <laughs> I know, right? And I just get happier and happier, which is very, uh, I'm very lucky. Yeah. Um, so they actually headhunted me and uh, found me and, I, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't hurt to, to kind of see what's out there. Right. Um, and at the time for a large global bank, you know, when you're not, you're not in the, where the headquarters is, yeah. it's a little bit more challenging to navigate around. Yeah. Um, and I, I did, really didn't want to move at the time. So I was open to open to opportunities, not really looking, but but open yeah. to hear what the world had to offer. Did they headhunt you through LinkedIn or email or how? It was LinkedIn. It's interesting because so many people are allergic to LinkedIn messages. Yeah. What about the message made you open-minded to explore the opportunity when you were happy where you were? I felt like, and I can't remember the exact message because that was about, I would say, a year and a, a, year and a bit ago. Yeah. But they seemed to understand my background, mm. which is rare, I yeah. find. A lot of people, when they when they reach out and send messages to you, they're very generic. Yeah. So the generic ones, I kind of tend to avoid because they look like they're just marketing or trying to like, find something, right? But when they understand your background, and, yeah. and there was something in that message, a very short message, but it spoke to them... 
I got a sense that they understood my background experience in right. software payments and, and knowing the, the, the career progression, the path that I took. Right. Yeah, it just made me feel like they, they understood. And, and the, that means the role they had to offer must have been something that is relevant to me. Completely. Yeah. You're cool. You're so- <laughs> Thanks. And so what attracts you to the culture today? Why is this the company that you want to grow with? So firstly, I think it's a great mix to my background. You know, starting off in, a, I would say, a middle-sized company, uh, that was pretty much from, it wasn't, it wasn't the ground up, it was a joint venture between two large banks. So it, it was new, but it was still somewhat established. And then I went to a very, like, large, established global bank. Um, and then here's, a, you know, it's a startup. So it, rout, it routed me off a lot, but I think right. what drove me also to explore the possibility of, of going to FinTech was because my husband um, switched as well. So we oh, both interesting. work in payments. Yeah, he's very techy. Yeah, uh, and he you get brain brain share sessions at home. <laughs> I know we do. We you probably a lot nerd out together. Uh, we do actually. It's funny. Um, but he was the one that mentioned to me, uh, uh, not even mentioned, but I, I saw the change in him in yeah. terms of his p- being very passionate. He went to a very large company, so we both yeah. took the same path. We started off the same place. Yeah, at the Merchant Acquire uh, Software Payments Company. Yeah, he went into a, another large company. I went to a large bank. Yeah, and he wasn't happy there. Right, I, I was. I was, I would say I was decently happy. Yeah. Um, and then he moved into, um, a fintech in Toronto actually. Right. And he, he's like, was, honey, you got to move over to fintech. But, no, <laughs> but he, he did. And he, he was like, he told me a lot of the perks that he had, which was interesting, but more importantly, he was, he was passionate. I think he lost that passion when he, um, moved over to mm. a large institution yeah. and I started almost losing it as well. Because when you work for a big company, you're, you're very much limited by, you know, your, your exact role. Right. Right. So a lot of things that you want to drive forward are kind of out of your control or out of your hands, especially if you're not in a, in a big company um, where the company is headquartered. So I saw the passion, the spark back in him. And it made me, I think a lot, large reason why I moved as well was seeing that spark back in him. Am I understanding correctly? Is it kind of like NanoPay is incubating your idea, your tech ideas, your business ideas? We are. So I can, maybe I'll explain a little bit about the tech like, yeah, really briefly. Yeah. You know, in banks today, right? Everyone's looking for a blockchain. Yeah. So the background of blockchain, why is everyone looking at blockchain? Why is everyone talking about it? It is an immutable, irreversible ledger that yeah. is tamper-proof. Yeah. So it's, it sounds very simple. It's actually, it's actually not. But the, the challenges with blockchain is that it is distributed and decentralized. So I'm not yeah. sure how familiar you are with it. But um, typically when you speak of blockchain, you need consensus, right? Yeah. So with consensus, it needs, it's not scalable. It takes time. Every transaction that goes on the ledger needs to reach the state of truth, yeah. right? And with NanoPay, it's actually one of the reasons why, why it attracted me here is the technology, it leverages blockchain technology, but it's hybrid blockchain. Yeah. So it has the immutable ledger, but it is centralized, it is permissioned, and it's it's private. So for banks and for uh, large companies, they, they have a challenge because they want everything to be, they want a public ledger that you can share with everyone else, right? right they right. want it to be private. Um, so working at a bank and coming from a bank, I kind of saw an opportunity when they when I understood what the company was about. Right, right. And with that technology, with this immutable ledger, you can build a lot of different cool products. So they spent five years on the tech piece. Yeah. And really the last year and a half, if you speak to most of the people here from the business side, we've all been around for about a year, year and a half. Yeah. Um, my role coming in was to kind of productize the technology, right? With the tech, what can you do with it? There's different products that can spin out of it. The biggest value that I see is a real-time platform and sold to banks because banks need an immutable ledger, but they have the challenge with using a distributed network. I look back and I think a lot of my experience has led me here. Today. Yeah. 
because I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be able to do my job today without understanding the software payments world, uh, understanding development and build, which is comes from my first, you know, first experience, which I lasted 10 years in. Um, and then with the bank side, not coming from the bank and speaking to clients, knowing what they need, um, I wouldn't have this idea of building a treasury product because there is a gap in the industry today. There's really been, and even now we talk about real-time payments, no one's really thinking enough about real-time liquidity right. and what that means. Um, and I mean, there's not a lot of companies out there that are solving this particular problem. So there's definitely, there's definitely a need for that. So cool. Side question. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, no. I haven't actually. I'm so that, I get so excited when I have the um, opportunity to be a part of your journey for many podcasts to come. I'm hoping that everyone on the show, others listen, they're like, "What? I want to celebrate her too!" So it's very exciting. <laughs> it's very very exciting. What's one huge obstacle you successfully overcome in your career, and how did you overcome it? In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranya Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast, and keep on coding. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. What's one huge obstacle you successfully overcome in your career and how did you overcome it? You know, I don't know if I should call this an obstacle, but uh, the time I remember the most was when I got pregnant. So when I had to go to mat leave, I remember thinking um, at that maternity time that, leave. Mat- okay. Yes, maternity yeah. leave. Uh, at the time that this was, uh, you know, my career was put on hold, and you know, I had pressure from my husband, like to start a family, yeah. and and at that at that time at the large bank, my career was doing quite well. Yeah. So I felt like things were at a pause. I remember thinking back when I was pregnant, having very conflicting feelings where yeah. I was extremely excited and happy, but at the same time, also a little sad because I felt like I had something to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and so I remember that I looking back, I look back now and I remember that time, um, you know, fortunately for me, um, I think with the time, the timing of where the industry was at a time where, you know, women, there's a, there's a whole change in, in, in recognizing the challenges with women and, and being in the industry, you're, you're, you have to, you know, husband's help, but yeah. you're not the one going on maternity leave, right, right? right? But I was fortunate that they actually promoted me when I came back and it changed everything for me. Uh, it yeah. became much more positive, but that was kind of a hurdle. I feel like it was a hurdle I went through because it was a time where I felt very conflicted and yeah. I should never have felt Mentally, Mentally yeah. yeah. And it sounds like, so correct me if I'm wrong, they, you self-created the conflict. It didn't actually absolutely. exist. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting yeah. that you got a promotion right when coming back. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it, it, yeah. I mean, that changed, that changed things significantly for me. It's very interesting. It's a good reminder to not create our own dramas in our head. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I, half the time, you know, the problems are all self-created in, in your head, right? Yeah. Get, get it's so interesting. I love how friendly. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Pretty good. You're, you want to say something? Amazing. What do you have to say about your wonderful woman in tech? Uh, Ivy's incredible, isn't she? she is, they're all incredible. Oh. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, this has been so know. fun, of course. So why don't you share with us who that was speaking? That was Lawrence Cook, our CEO. 
Actually. And the girls have had, or women, I, it's funny because I like, okay, can we have a little side conversation for a second? So I actually like being called a girl. Like I, and, but then some, really? Okay. But then some people find it very offensive to be called a girl. And then I have to be careful of when I use girl, when I call woman. Now on stage last week, someone changed my tagline, which is the girl who gets it done to the woman who gets it done. I'm like, that's not my tagline. (laughs) So, so. What are your thoughts on this whole girl versus woman thing? I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm comfortable with myself. Like, I think as the older you get, you actually prefer being called a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be called a woman anymore. <laughs> no, but I, my girlfriends as well. We call each other girls all the time. I don't. I don't find. I personally don't find anything um, demeaning about that yeah. word at yeah. all. Right? Yeah. It, it depends on the person. Yeah. Maybe I, I think this is just my personal opinion, but um, maybe for the younger women, they may want to be called. Oh, women, right? Because uh, they feel like as if you call them a girl, you are, you know, challenging their experience yeah. or, or tenure or whatever yeah. it may be. The older you get, I feel like you welcome yeah. you call the girls. So I'm like, card <laughs> me at the bar. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm happy when yeah. I get carded. So that, yeah. that's not a problem for me at all. Yeah. I'm not offended. Um, so, yes, tell us who that was that we just spoke to for a second. Yeah, that was Lawrence Cook, that was CEO of NanoPay. Uh, great advocate for women he's he actually if you ask him he enjoys working with women very well yeah so um and Lawrence and I met in Lithuania when we were celebrating women in tech there and if it wasn't for Lawrence I wouldn't be here right now and right. so it, it truly indeed is he's very supportive of the women in tech and he said great things about you I, I heard yeah. that when I walked in and great I, things I, about you, I so got like, him like, she oh, must be gosh. amazing <laughs> and so it's been really exciting it's been really wonderful being here and Christy who helped set up the interviews now I'm just getting into it but she gave me such a great overview of each of you and like and your your commitment and passion with technology and how it really helps the company grow. So I don't know, the whole experience here at NanoPay has been quite lovely. <laughs> to be good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. Um, okay, so getting we were talking about a great piece of advice that you've gotten. Right. I think the biggest advice that probably I can give, not rather receiving, but is don't be limited by what people tell you that you can and can't do. Mm. And that even includes like family members, yeah. right? Because they don't see you outside of the environment, outside of being their daughter yeah. or a relative or what, whatever that may be. Um, you know yourself, right? Right. What what you can and can't do. So right. don't let anyone else, and it could be family, could be friends or anyone else that see you in a different light, right. define what you can and can't do. Yeah. Don't let them set the limits or boundaries. Yeah. You know, I think another one is don't limit yourself in telling yourself what you can and can't do. I deal with this for myself all the time. I'm like, I don't know if I could pull that off. I'm like, Spree, what if you can pull it off? Let's start getting innovative and creative and thinking about how you can rather than getting insecure that I can't. Absolutely. (laughs) I think it's innate in all of us, right? You get a a bit of insecurity, but it's it's overcoming that that initial insecurity piece and really just... No, driving forward. Totally. What is your favorite tech tool, hardware, software, website? So this is funny. Are you familiar with point of sale terminals? Point of sale terminals, like at the merchant, like when you buy something at a store. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's actually it's actually point of sale terminals, and God, they're really- I love that answer. That <laughs> it sounds best. so cheesy. That sounds uh, nerd delicious. Uh, yeah, but just because when I see point of sale terminals, yeah, it reminded me of where I came from. Yeah. In my, in my very beginning. Ah. So you know, eighteen, nineteen years ago, I mentioned I started at Merchant Acquire, and troubleshooting. 
the hardware, the software, right, right. and then also commercializing. So back when uh, for Canada, when we did EMV trip conversion, I was actually a part of the project. Yeah, helped launch the first contactless devices out there. Yeah, and uh, so every time I see a contactless device, yeah. it reminds me of my history and where I came from. That's so, cool. Sounds really nerdy. No, I love nerd. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I look at it and and because I, I remember one thing I remember very clearly was branding the actual contactless devices and yeah. choosing the stickers that went on it. Yeah. So when I see the same and they still use it like like Indigo would have that right. Yeah, so yeah, every yeah. time I go to Indigo and I shop there and I tap my contactless card, yeah. I look at it. It gives me a, a warm feeling. Yeah. And I remember yeah my history and and my beginning. That's so rad. Okay, <laughs> one last question. So you said you have one child or more now? I one. You She's have one? two years old. Yeah. yeah. So you have a two-year-old, and you you have a husband, and you have you're a powerful woman in tech. <laughs> what does the word balance mean to you? Oh, that is. What like does that look like? The essence of my everyday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's what I strive for every single day is balance. Every morning I wake up, you're challenged with you want to be the best parent you can. And then you switch to, to a mode where you come into work and you want to be the best employee that you can. And it's that work and life balance that you strive for every single day. And it's not easy, but we try to make it a routine where it becomes yeah. a routine, but it's, yeah. it's hard, right? It's yeah. still, it's still a challenge. And as they get older, another year gets added, uh, their personalities change and the challenges that you face change, but that's the essence of life. I think that is that is all, that word describes my everyday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two last questions. Uh, is there a book that you recommend? A book you really like? I'm reading a book right now. Barbara, so I can't remember. I'm really bad with names, but the Pyramid of. And I have to probably tell you afterwards. Yeah. Lawrence actually recommend that book, The Pyramid of Thought, something by Barbara. Something I've got. We'll a, find it and we'll, we'll put it in the show it. notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Just pyramid because, of Thoughts. You think it's called? Pure, it's something with the pyramid. It's a blue book. Um, it's it's a book about strategy. And structuring your thoughts. What? So I, I want to read a, this. Yeah, I found it very. I found it very interesting because to me, I'm a very organized. I'm yeah. a very organized me, uh, person. So in general, I'm like I know how to structure my thoughts. Like I, you yeah. know, but it's it's puts a different perspective. It allows you to restructure your thoughts and present in a way where you can win kind of your argument. That's right. Um, so I thought I was organized, but it's not about organization. It's really just the restructuring of thoughts, I guess, as strategic thoughts. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I want to read that myself. Where can people find you? Are you on LinkedIn or do you prefer yes. Instagram or Twitter or email? So I am on LinkedIn. Can you um, spell your name for everybody? Find you on LinkedIn? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Ivy Lou. So it's I-V-Y-L-U-U. Thank you so much, Ivy, for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? No, thank you for being here. Yeah. Lucky to have you. <laughs> 100%. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world. Remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We'll take you straight there. And say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm Ivy Liu with Nanopay Corporation. I'm the director of liquidity solutions here. And my product specifically is a real-time liquidity management solution. What that is, is a virtual account management platform that is designed for corporates and banks to move money in real time. We're based in Toronto in Canada, and you're listening to Women in Tech. I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology.
In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table, and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launch season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. No, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranya Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.